Our scripture reading today comes from Ephesians 2.22. I am reading from the New International Version and the Message. The New International Version reads, And in Him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. And, me- and the Message reads, We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. This is the word of God for the people of God. Great job, Monroe. Well done. Great job, choir. Thank you for blessing us this morning. Friends, welcome to the first Sunday of the year 2024. Isn't it strange? I think that we're in 2024 already. Just a few days ago, it was 1986, and I was having fun on a Nintendo Entertainment System, right? Wow, time flies. I was thinking back just this uh, past week or so about um, the Dominican Republic. This past year, I had the opportunity to go on a mission trip uh, down to the DR with our medical mission team, and uh, it was an incredible experience just to be able to go. In fact, it was so incredible that um, we've got another team going in a couple weeks down to do construction work so that we can continue to do um, that sort of medical work uh, for some of the poorest people in the world down in the DR. All that got me thinking back to my first trip to the Dominican uh, back in 2016 with the Wesley Foundation and, and some members from Pittman Park, actually. That year, our team had the all-important job of transporting blocks from the top of one hill down to the bottom of another hill where the hardware store uh, had dropped them off for the work site. It was a considerable way from the top of the hill to the bottom of the hill. You kind of had to negotiate your way a little bit back up to get to the work site. We toted blocks for what seemed like three days. Chris Kaplinger, Dan Hagen, Doug Chassereau, um, you probably remember that trip and how many blocks. We carried blocks and blocks and blocks and blocks. And if you, if you squint your eyes a little bit, on, in the left-hand side of the center of the screen, there's three little piles of blocks. That's our handiwork, thank you very much. (laughs) We're accomplished block toters. Well, on on the fourth day of the trip, uh, we finally got to be even more useful. We toted the blocks from those three piles that we had built over to some, some laborers who would actually help form the walls of what would be a house. And so by the end of the week, the, the house looked something like this. It's not that inspiring, choir. You don't have to turn around for it, right? It's not, it's not that. I mean, you look at that and you're like, that's not, a, that can't be a house. That can't be a house. The next year we came back and the site, it looked like this. It, it had a roof on it. So you're thinking, okay, well, maybe, maybe that's a house. We began to see it starting to take shape. It was being formed. You kind of tell where the rooms were, where the cistern was going to be, how the place would be plumbed and where the electricity would go. The next year, uh, we spackled and we painted and we laid tile and we cleaned up and finally, we had a house. You guys don't seem as inspired as I am about that. (laughs) We had a house. And you might think, that's just a block house on the side of a hill somewhere. What, I mean, why would you spend four years building that? And why did it take you so long? Well, the reason we spent four years building that house is because that house actually represents freedom. Freedom for a church, in fact. 
You see, the church in Sanchez and Samana in the Dominican Republic have been paying for their pastor to live in, apartment, in an apartment with his family for years and years and years. And the house that we were able to build with our missionary contacts down in the DR actually freed that church so that they could take all of that money that they were paying for an apartment, they could invest that money into mission and ministry, into transforming the city of Sanchez in the Dominican Republic. I've got to admit, it didn't start out looking like much. But God used us to build a house, to transform a city, to make a difference for God's kingdom building friends. It takes time. Sometimes the work doesn't seem to make a big difference in the moment, but steady work over time can transform a pile of blocks into a home and our broken lives into a dwelling place for God. Last week, we kicked off our Being Built sermon series by focusing on Ephesians chapter two, where Paul tells the church at Ephesus that God is forming them, fashioning each of them in order to fit them together into a spiritual temple with Christ as the cornerstone and the saints of God as the foundation. In Ephesians 2.22, Paul says these words. He says, and in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. You've got to remember, Paul is writing to a church in the city of Ephesus, excuse me, Ephesus, this metropolitan area in the ancient world where the most revered God was not Yahweh or Jesus, but instead Artemis, a god of silversmiths. In fact, it was a place that was so hostile to Christians that Paul was tossed out of the city on more than one occasion. Christians were run out routinely from the city of Ephesus because of the conflict they stirred up with the worship of the god Artemis. So Paul writes the letter to the church at Ephesus. He writes this letter to encourage this church who looks at themselves and says, how could God do anything with people like us? How could God build anything here in Ephesus? It doesn't seem like any work that we might do would make a difference. How could we ever become a place where we're training and equipping people to make a difference for the kingdom of God? It's hard just to gather together. But friends, if we allow God's spirit to move among us, if we commit ourselves to disciplining our lives and disciplining our faith, then that steady work of our, in our commitment and the steady work of God inside our hearts and lives can bring about great transformation. And so this verse, Ephesians chapter two, verse 22, has been a sort of rallying cry for our staff over the past few months. We've talked again and again about how Pittman Park is a place that is being built day by day, moment by moment into a church and a community that blesses this community and transforms the world in Jesus' name. And the message of Ephesians 2.22 really came into focus for us when we read it from the message translation. Because in that paraphrase, in that paraphrase, we see these words. We see it taking shape day after day. 
a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. God is building day by day, building us day by day, and we see it taking shape. You may not see it, but friends, as a staff, we see the ways that God is making and molding and shaping us that we might be a dwelling place for God's Holy Spirit. Now, we could talk about the three metrics that we discussed last week that most people use to judge the vitality of a church, buildings, budgets, and butts and seats. <laughs> it's true. But if you only judge success or failure by the numbers, you're missing a large chunk of the story of what God is actually doing among us. As your, as your pastor, I think that there's more to our story than just a successful capital campaign and a strong financial position and, and new members joining the church and increasing attendance. I think that there's a bigger story of how God is forming us that's connected to our mission as a church, that's connected to the work that God's calling us to do, not only in our hearts and lives, but out there in the world. And our mission has been making disciples and transforming the world. So how did we do that this year? Friends, the numbers won't tell you that story. They won't tell you that story. But you can tell that story, can't you? You can tell about the ways that God has been growing and shaping us. You can tell the stories about the time that we've had around the table with our neighbors and friends and, and church family at open table. You know those stories as you sat there or the time that our cooking team has spent back in the kitchen from you know 10 a.m. until 6 or 7 p.m. some nights cooking and preparing for 150 people to show up and come and enjoy time together. You know the stories of the fellowship you've had in those moments, how you've walked with one another through seasons of joy and heartache and pain and stress and anxiety. Because you live those stories. Y'all, I can't wait to see how God is going to grow our open table this year how God's gonna use that moment that we have gathered at the table to draw us together so that we can be stronger, so that we can be better formed into the church that God is calling us to be and the community that he would desire us to be. Speaking of fellowship and community, do y'all remember our treat trail back in October? Anybody? Okay, let me remind you about our treat trail because y'all seem to have forgotten. Our treat trail. Our treat trail was, was the result of, of certainly signs at the corners. Megan Hopkins did an incredible job designing those signs. But a thousand people didn't show up to our campus on a Wednesday night to have hot dogs and amazing time together simply because we had signs at the road. No, if you, if you roll it back a little bit, you realize that there was a group of people at the fair in our missions fair booth who were handing out flyers day after day saying, hey, enjoy your hot dog, your hamburger, your chicken fingers, and come and join us at Pittman Park for a night of food, fun, and faith. Come and join us. And so that, that missions fair booth group of volunteers invited people night after night after night to come and, and be a part of this incredible event where you, all of you, 
decorated trunks and handed out candy. And, and uh, the youth, they had s'mores. They helped us roast s'mores right over here in the little courtyard. And God bless the Michael family for providing, you know, cotton candy for the whole county that showed up that night. Some of you helped with the hayride. You did that. You invited. You volunteered. You staffed. You welcomed. You helped us have a fun night. You did that. That same missions fair booth that allowed us to invite so many people to come and be a part of that fall festival also helped two different missions teams go to the Dominican Republic. The medical mission team that that went back in July was partially funded through that missions fair booth, but also our mission team going in just a few short days to the DR is funded in part through the work of volunteers at our mission fair booth at the Ogeechee Fair. And there in the DR where our medical teams and construction teams are going, we're bringing healing and hope to hundreds of Haitian refugees at the literal ends of the earth. Speaking of the ends of the earth, your commitment and your generosity allowed us to partner with ministries in Uganda to rescue children from poverty and give them safe places to live, learn, and grow as disciples of Jesus. Members of our church, some of you don't know this, members of our church are actually sponsoring these children every single month of the year to make sure that it's possible for every child at Victory Outreach to have a safe place to learn, grow, and mature as disciples of Jesus. And this Christmas, our Advent offering, you were able to help provide Christmas for not only every single child at Victory Outreach, but also every child on the waiting list at Victory Outreach. Church, you did that. Your generosity, your faithfulness made those moments possible. But missions, friends, they don't just happen overseas. They also happen right here in Statesboro. We are transforming our world right here when week after week our can-do food pantry helps give out bags of food to those who are in need. Just this past week, Stephanie and I had the opportunity to bless and serve a family in Brooklyn who had no food in their home, a family who had genuine need. We were able to bless them in the name of Jesus Christ because you generously provide canned goods to meet people with those needs. When we come to communion this morning and we celebrate together God's body and blood broken and poured out for us, we'll leave offerings here at the rail which go to our REACH fund that allow us to pay utility bills for families who find themselves in need. Not only that, but our Backpack Buddies program makes sure children in need have food every single weekend when they don't have access to a meal at school. Do y'all remember back in February when you brought in more than 1,000 cans of chicken and 700 cans of tuna? There are photos available on Facebook if you'd like to see. (laughs) Our halftime performance. (laughs) You did that. You brought those cans in. You did it to make a difference in the hearts and lives and stomachs of children and families in our community. Not to mention the ways that many of you go out to be a part of Rebecca's Cafe week after week or support local ministries like our Amazing Grace Bags, Open Hearts Community Mission, Families for Families, Fostering Bullock, Habitat for Humanity, and the Hearts and Hands Clinic, just to name a few. All of this happens because our church is living out its faith 
It's being built. It's not hiding the light of Christ, but sharing the light of Christ with the world. You are learning and growing in your faith week after week as you gather in small groups like the Woody Powell prayer group. Do y'all know that group has been meeting for prayer on Tuesday mornings for decades now? Decades of prayer invested in seeing this church being built into a dwelling place for the spirit of God. UMW circles in the same way have existed for decades and are making a difference here. Men's breakfast, Sunday school classes, grilled cheese group on Mondays, full Sunday school classes like the discovery class for young adults and lectionary and fellowship classes for other adults. Y'all missed that joke, but you'll listen to it later on the live stream. (laughs) Short-term studies like intentional parenting and Epic of Eden and long-term studies like Disciple 1 and Disciple 2, you're investing and committing to growing in your faith. And we see the house that God is building being formed day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour. Don't miss out on what God is doing among us. It's beautiful to see you find connection with one another and with the word of God as you study and pray together, to find joy in engaging the scriptures and growing in your depth of knowledge about God and your relationship with him. Speaking of our relationship with God, we had an incredible year of worship that was capped off by our Christmas Eve service. Were any of y'all here for Christmas Eve? Yeah, just about all of you were here for Christmas Eve. Friends, the Spirit of God was moving powerfully in this place as we celebrated communion and lit candles to remember the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Y'all, there's so much more to share. And I know I'm just scratching the surface, but I share all of this to let you know that I see the way that God is building us day by day, life by life, into a temple for the Holy Spirit. We see it now. You might only see a pile of blocks, but with diligence, with commitment, with love and faith in Jesus Christ, an incredible future is taking shape right here and right now. We see it happening. We see it taking shape. And it's exciting, friends, to be a part of. And I want us to continue to be shaped and formed by the power of God today and every day into the future, which is why this next moment is so incredibly important. As we continue in worship today, we're gonna commit our lives again to Jesus and his call on our lives. Then we're gonna celebrate Holy Communion. The act of commitment expresses to God our desire to continue to walk with him it expresses to each, it helps us express to each other our desire to continue to grow. And Holy Communion is a reminder of God's grace that sustains us in every moment of every day. Because without our commitment to Jesus and God's sustaining grace flowing through us, nothing is possible. Without a willingness to believe in Jesus and to live in response to God's offer of grace through him, we're powerless. So let's commit to being built this year, friends, that we might be a part of rebuilding our lives, our faith, and our world in Jesus' name. Amen.